what you do find is, is that the consumer has become substantially more conscious. They care more about the environment, they care more about sustainability, whether they're eating organic or not, whether the materials that are, they're purchasing are organic or not, whether it's impacting global climate, even more conscious about their finances, right? That's where I think this self-preneur comes in, right? You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. Geronimo Chala was one of our keynote speakers at Retail X, so I knew I had to get him to sit with me to record an episode of Retail Remix during the show. He is Chief Client Officer of Rebag, and for those of you who don't know, Rebag is one of few companies that are taking the re-commerce world by storm. But not just any area of retail re-commerce, the luxury handbag space. Now make no mistake, Rebag has extended into jewelry and other categories, but the company's bread and butter is encouraging customers to purchase these luxurious handbags and most of all, resell the ones that they don't want anymore. So needless to say, Geronimo's job is very important because it's not just about customer acquisition. It's about creating an ongoing loop of engagement, empowerment, and support to encourage customers or sellers to come back to Rebag again and again. We get into the root of what makes the Rebag model so successful, what services and even capabilities they provide that drives customer engagement, acquisition, and loyalty, and what new tech and trends Geronimo is prioritizing as he thinks about the future of the client experience. Geronimo, nice to meet you. Thanks for taking the time. Same, same. Thanks for inviting me. Really excited to meet you in person and actually see the event come to fruition, right? I know. <laughs> Thank you as well for being one of our fantastic keynote speakers. We're going to get into some of the topics and takeaways that you'll be sharing in the session. But let's start with the basics first. I'm sure some folks listening now know Rebag or maybe have shopped from Rebag, but Tell us about the company for those who don't. Yes, we like to refer to it as handbag heaven. You can definitely find basically once loved must-haves, right? And uh, with luxury designers, right? And so we actually increased our categories. We started off with handbags and now we actually carry fine watches and jewelry, timepieces, as well as small other goods. So this expanded over the past year and a half. And really it's a destination for you to buy and sell your luxury items. So uh, definitely, very transparent process, very smooth, uh, easy process. And as well as with our Claire technology suite, right, you can get this instant quote right away. You could even facilitate a trade to trade in what you currently have in your closet to purchase your next must-have. So definitely exciting times for us at Rebag. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a very beautiful and immersive experience, one that I get lost in often. <laughs> but uh, given the quality of the products that you sell, the price points, client experience, I'm sure is crucial. So how does that kind of translate into your work as chief client officer? What does that day-to-day -day work entail? Yeah, it's uh, quite the question, right? Because it, <laughs> it never ends, actually. It's a nonstop process. And 
I find uh, within our company, right, there, there's so many moving parts, right? In your traditional retail space, right, you're always thinking about the client experience from selling a product never actually really buying a product from a customer. And so in our world, you're doing both worlds, right? You're not only bolstering product, but you're also buying product, right? You're buying the supply directly from the consumer. So this experience really is immersed in in what we call an ecosystem. And it's kind of what I talk about in the uh, keynote speaking next tomorrow. And so what you'll find is, is that really, I come in to really say, how do we bridge that digital experience, because a lot of our processes can happen at the client's home. It could happen relatively easy, right, through our AI application. But then also, how does it bridge and merge into the physical space, right? Because there is a physical component, right? If you want the quote or the payout of your bag to happen substantially faster, right, getting it to a physical location is going to be a lot quicker than, for example, getting it, shipping it into our warehouses, right? And so how do these two worlds and these two experiences kind of merge together? How do you actually build rapport to really grow and, and maintain that retention? And then in all reality, as technology evolves, right, as pricing, as trends change, like Charles says, right, it's like the stock market. You're playing the stock market with luxury goods. And so that experience is constantly changing on a daily basis. And so really kind of building that journey out to really kind of get that into the customer's mindset, right, and educate them on the resale industry is really kind of my area of focus within Revamp. That idea of rapport is very interesting because I know you talk about marketing, you talk about retail, it's always like the purchasing funnel, quote unquote. I'm doing the air quotes, everyone. Um, <laughs> but then it's kind of evolved into the loyalty loop. It's an ongoing thing. So that idea of rapport is not just getting people to buy the goods, but getting them to sell the goods. Like you said, so turning them, like that level of activation is not just buying the one thing and maybe coming back in a few weeks or months. Exactly. It's deeper. Exactly, exactly. And, and that's where that ecosystem really comes in. It's multiple entry points right into the resale industry, especially within our company, right? Whether you're buying, selling, or trading, right? And so this really kind of opens the door of how acquisition works in so many different ways, and then how does actually, at what point in time does the team really kind of come in to build that personal experience, both digitally and physically, to actually grow the retention of the business. So is it safe to say this, this concept of rapport, and we'll get into the actual tactics and things that have worked well for you in a little bit, is this notion of rapport like what you would attribute Rebag's success to? Because I mean, over the past 18 months at a time where Retailers have faced a lot of volatility. A lot of brands have been facing uncertainty. You guys were growing. You, you guys saw a lot of success over the past year and change. So is it that, that model for rapport that you think is the connecting point there? Yeah, yeah, and I think so. I think in all reality, during the pandemic, right, we were very lucky to be able to have the infrastructure to be able to meet our customers where they are and build that rapport. And I think this was a massive key to our success, right? And I think uh, when you look at the retention, where the company's gone from, you know, our retention rate and our long-term retention value, it's substantially grown over the past year and a half. And so we're excited to actually see it grow even more and see where it actually can take us to. This year is already showing extremely promising signs as well. So we're excited. It's, it's definitely, as I said, it's been a lot of work, yeah. <laughs> um, but exciting work. It's really been a team effort, right? Understanding how we work with our marketing teams as they hone in on their acquisition channels and growing these uh, acquisition metrics. We come in really on the sales side of things and really kind of 
build out that personal experience to again play off of that acquisition to be that retention yeah fantastic and i do want to get into the consumer a little bit before we get into some of the great initiatives and things that that your teams have rolled out because i think showing that work is really important but it's been an interesting time for the consumer especially in your market because i noticed even among like my friends my family of the same age that there's this perception of luxury goods as almost like heirlooms, if you if you think about it that way. Like it's something that they hold on to, they treasure it, they want to make that smart investment. And then also they want to be more mindful and intentional about some of the things that they're buying. And it seems like Rebag is at this really interesting intersection of like the two concepts. So I guess my question for you is around how your understanding and responding to the consumer? Are you seeing similar patterns, especially at this time of growth, right? Or is it just what we've been hearing overall that people are spending more time online, therefore they're buying more online? Like, I feel like there's something deeper there, I guess is what I'm getting at. Yeah, and you're spot on. You're spot on. Definitely, you know, part of my presentation tomorrow talks about and coins this particular consumer, right, which I call the self-preneur and this conscious consumer. And it's a bit more of just shopping online, right? It's when we take a look at what the data is telling us and what the practical even questions that are coming in from consumers that are visiting the site. What you do find is is that the consumer has become substantially more conscious. They care more about the environment. They care more about sustainability, whether they're eating organic or not, whether the materials that are they're purchasing are organic or not, whether it's impacting global climate even more conscious about their finances, right? That's where I think this self-preneur comes in, right? I remember sitting on the subway one day and hearing this conversation go down with two, they weren't even, I think they were teenagers, they weren't even young adults yet. And the one was upset because he had loaned money to invest into his friend's company and didn't get the ROI back. And I'm sitting to (laughs) myself like, I had never in my life had this conversation at the age of 14 or 15 talking about investments and hoping that it comes back tenfold and things of this nature. So as you can see, I mean, I think what we do see is that this consumer has become more conscious. They're looking for better investments. Data shows us that they're looking for better investments that are going to be long-term investments, whether it be quality or even actually finances as well. And that's what we're seeing in the, in the resale industry. And I think this is really kind of where we start to say, okay, how do we actually shape that journey and that experience? to the Gen Z's, the millennials, and even what we're seeing is even boomers are becoming more conscious about what they're spending, how they're spending it, and then how are they going to get that ROI back if they do want to change their mind or things of that nature. And now a word from our sponsor. So with that, let's get into the channels and tactics because this whole resale space is growing and it's also expanding, more players, more things going on, but everyone's different. Everyone kind of has their their own unique niche. So, I mean, what channels and tactics have proved successful for you? What have you tried to lean into, even from a technical standpoint, to 
differentiate, to build that rapport, and kind of become that destination for your consumer, whether they're buying, selling, or exchanging? Yeah, I mean, I think when you take a look at Just Alone at our website, right, last year during the pandemic, in order for us to meet our customers where they were, and even provide them the level of experience and education behind the resale industry, we had to meet them on the website. So we had integrated particular platforms that allowed us to actually chat, but not necessarily only chat from a support function, chat from a sales functionality as well. And so we'd spent a lot of time kind of really researching, you know, what was the best way? How do we integrate these systems via web hooks or things of this nature? Because sometimes all the systems don't talk to one another. But, you know, I think where we really kind of wanted to dive into is really saying, okay, let us funnel this data, right, that the consumer is telling us. Because we, in the resale industry, there's an advantage, right? There's two sets of data, right? There's the consumer behavior, what they do on, their, on the site, what are they clicking, what are they adding to their cart, what are they abandoning? But then in our world, we also have, what are they selling to us, right? Which gives us more information, right? It gives us so much more information about this client, right? Because we actually understand what's inside their home. And then so really kind of building out a lot of the strategy around the, you know, perfecting our segmentation, right? It opens up the world of segmentation for us to really connect and engage with our clients. It's huge, it's huge, right? And I think that's why when we build out this ecosystem, remember, as fast as the resale industry is growing, right? It's also so new to everyone. So new, yeah. And people still have the questions of authenticity, and then you have so much non-transparency, right? Charles talks about transparency a lot in the resale industry. And what we do see, for example, is the difference between transparent pricing, which is what we offer, versus a listing platform. I buy a shoe uh, for $1,000 because I waited in line. They were $1,000, and then I go flip them for 2000 Then someone else buys them for 2000 flips it for 3000 That's not necessarily the true transparent value. That's just kind of really answering that demand and who's going to really pay that type of price because they really want the product, right? When you really build that transparency, right, you've got to build that experience. You've got to also kind of say, okay, how does this data actually work for us to connect and engage with our clients so that they understand trend trend analysis again and the investment pieces that they're making right and so i think it's kind of this encompassing world that gets us to our success of last year yeah that's really fascinating i'm glad you brought up the evolution of the resale market and how it's very new but it's also growing which means with growth there's competition and with competition comes innovation right that's that's what makes it so exciting so i'd love your take on, on where you think this space is going probably both from a consumer standpoint as well as a brand st standpoint. So like, how does demand versus supply, how's that gonna shake out? And what do you think is gonna be required for the space to reach its full potential? Yeah, I mean, when you look at the experts, right, people are investing, companies are going public. Many of them went public last year. Some are still going public this year. There's heavy partnerships now with luxury brands like Gucci and The Real Real that happened earlier this year. And so at the end of the day, right, what that's telling us is, is that we're now beginning to understand that the consumer is going to be shopping in a different way moving forward. 
And if you go and take a look at Lululemon, for example, now they're offering trade-in, right? You can come bring your old Lululemon stuff in for credit at the store to buy your new stuff, right? So this kind of circular mindset is already happening. And so when you look at, you know, even luxury partnerships, right, you have these different kind of, call it cycle up, right, where we're taking old garments from previous seasons, threading them up and then creating new garments. So even in the full price world, right, we're already being able to see this mindset of circularity, right, this resale. And so I think in the future, what we're doing is, is that we're actually meeting the mindset again of this self-preneur, of this conscious consumer, right? Who's saying, you know what? That bag that still looks great and only the microscopic lens can let me know if there's a scratch or not is good enough for me, even if it's used, right? And so, and obviously I think some markets will adapt slightly different than others. Here in the US, you know, obviously we've done our business in China. We're seeing it grow, our consumer base grow in China. Um, not necessarily at the substantial rate that we see here in the U.S., but I think these are a bit more around cultural differences of the resale industry, which, again, through time will eventually evolve. You know, I remember working at Tesla and people were saying, like, electric vehicles will never right. come to fruition. And Tesla changed that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, it just takes consistent education, right, and consistent resources to that consumer to really understand the value of it. And I think uh, the resale industry is beginning to, people are beginning to really see the value of it, the circularity, the sustainability factor, but again, uh, the financial value of purchasing your product, trading your product for something else that you want or wanted in the past. Well, and probably too, addressing some of the existing objections that people may have for going to a site like Rebag. So to your point around verification. So like, oh, like what if I buy something and I end up getting ripped off and like all of those concerns. So that's about making investments in your tech infrastructure and your policies in order to kind of address those issues before they even come up, I'm sure. Exactly, exactly. And that's where, you know, our Claire Technology Suite really comes in. We've invested so much time, our tech team, in-house tech team, really building out this transparent tool. And that's more so on the pricing side, right? Uh, there's that level of authenticity as well. And so, you know, I think this is kind of the common question that we usually see online. Are your bags authentic? Are your bags authentic? Especially for that customer who is coming to the site for the first time or entering the store for the first time. And I think, you know, obviously that comes through education, right? You know, and I think that kind of comes from them understanding what our process is, right? Where that, for example, consistency of the pricing is coming from. But at the same time, to understanding that it goes through uh, this vigorous process of authentication, right? We have in-house authenticators who are looking at this product, even third party. And it's not an exact science right now. This world of authenticity is still evolving in all reality. But it is exactly to the point where at least now we do understand kind of what these products are, how they're authentic, how we can deem them authentic. And then again, obviously, I think what's the transparency is in that customer experience saying, well, if you don't think it is, by all means, return it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not a final sale. It's We want that consumer to feel comfortable with it as well. That's been great, Geronimo. So, I mean, as far as the future, I mean, where are you focusing your time, your brain power, I guess you could say, as chief client officer? Are there any tech trends, things emerging that you're excited about possibly applying to Reback? Yeah, I'm definitely excited. Right now, there's a heavy vision on really reshaping this physical retail space and really kind of what that is. You know, I, I, 
I've been a firm believer. I don't think e-commerce is killing retail. I don't think retail can ever kill e-commerce. What I think we have to do is really kind of look at the consumer because what the pandemic has shown us in all reality, right, no one likes to be locked up in their house. Right. <laughs> that's, that's apparent. So the physical space isn't going anywhere, even if you want to go window shopping, right? So it's really kind of the way that I look at it is really saying, okay, now that we do know that consumers like to go outside, they like to have that experience, right? But we do still feel comfortable doing our stuff online, right? How do we merge the two in not only a support function, but also a purchasing kind of, circular mindset function, right? And so how do we actually bring that and then make it not only physical inside the store, but at the same time at home? And so our tech team's done a great job again with our clear technology suite, really getting that into the consumer's hand. It's now how do we actually take that and immerse it even more to make it personable and more exciting for the consumer to really want to just be in our ecosystem when it comes to anything resale. So this is what where all the brain power is going in all reality and Charles is definitely pushing me to to get there, you know. And it's exciting. I think the teams as well, you know, they truly believe in it. And I think right now there's some exciting things that are happening within our store experience already that we're exciting and that we're piloting. And so far the consumer uh, response has been pretty amazing. Great. Yeah. Geronimo, thank you again so much for taking the time out. It's fantastic to hear firsthand all of the work that you're doing, all the things that you've learned over the past year and change. Really appreciate you taking the time out. No, thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Been a huge fan. Listen to the podcast oh, pretty you. frequently. So <laughs> definitely thank you for having me. It's been great. And uh, to all of you listening, if you enjoyed this conversation, we would love to hear from you. So drop us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you listen to podcasts. We're likely there. Or um, drop us a line on social media. You can find myself or our brand on Twitter at Our Touchpoints or on LinkedIn at Retail Touchpoints. Thanks again, Geronimo, and thanks to all of you for listening. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.